0: tree just yet
1: sit down and strap in for the ultimate
0: super coach podcast it's time to win your leagues and dominate your mates
1: this, this is the, the jewel position, position podcast
2: hosted by, by whisperer, whisperer and adrianasaurus
0: Soros.
1: I uh, probably should unmute myself. That'd be a great start. You're listening to the Dual Position Podcast. I am your host, the SC Whisperer. Joined, as always, by your favourite supercoach's favourite supercoacher. SC Adrianosaurus, my friend. It feels like so long ago that we spoke about round three, but round four has rolled around. Uh, last week was interesting. Um, uh, you know, As I sent I sent the photo to you, I did some of my perfect positions for for round three, and there was a, a, a whole bunch of misfits in there. So hopefully we can get back to some kind of normality. How have your boys pulled up? Uh, how was the, the recovery session yesterday? And uh, how are you looking for this week?
2: Yeah, um, I'll echo with you, you know, the the guys that are there in the perfect team um, because you look at the teams that are getting the weekly prize as well. They've got like five nuffs and they've got these random players in there winning it. So it is a bit of a um, weird old start for, for the year and who's doing well. Uh, 1,063 for me last week, um, which I'll, I'll accept. I did loop Turbo, but um, I wasn't feeling confident about Warbrick um, with no Munster in the side, and I had a bit of, of feeling in my waters that they were going to be, you know, wasn't going to be a, a trumping like I thought originally it might have been. Um, and, you know, i got some some red arrows again, you know, so it's um, not, not the, the hardest start I've, I've had, and I just kind of feel like I'm trying to hold it together and, and stay with my plans and not panic, you know, move on quality players, if I can help it, you know, and just keep sticking to what I was planning on doing. Um, and I'm, I'm pumped. I, I just think it's going to be a slower process to sort of get up, you know, up to the ladder this year.
1: That's one thing I do want to look at. Um, I might do it. I'll have to reach out to a couple of coaches who've done well in previous years, but um, obviously like my 2021 season was hell. Uh, that was the COVID year. And I was averaging, um, I think, Think think 1,097 points a week, and I finished like 18K, whereas last year I was averaging the same amount of points and finished in the top 150. So I was just sort of looking at average points scored for the week. And Obviously, the COVID year was an outlier, but I'm going to have to go back and look at like 2021, 2020, 2019, and just see how the average points stacked up for guys that finished in the top 1K compared to sort of what we're going for as well. I also imagine people that are watching this podcast are more engaged super coaches. And they're probably not someone that would fall into the quote-unquote casual bracket. So, for you guys out there that are listening, I I wouldn't stress too much if you've started poorly because a lot of these sides, what, 160,000 people play Supercoach? I would say maybe 40,000, 50,000 are engaged. Um, I would say a lot of those
2: teams aren't built for long-term success. So, I wouldn't be stressing too much. A whole mate who won it last week has five, six nuffs. Yeah. Um, so if you if you just imagine looking at your team and and pumping six nuffs in there, you could have you know an absolute gun starting seventeen. You uh, know, also, so. for for full
1: transparency, I am ranked um, thirty four thousand seven hundredth, but I'm three hundred points outside the top one k. So you know one good captaincy and then a backup week, and you're, you're back in the top one k. So it doesn't really matter. Um, you're ranked twelve thousand seven hundredth, and you're maybe hundred and fifty points ahead of me. So. You know yeah. it's still very very tight. I'm not stressed too much. Um, I'm only making one change that I didn't plan on doing, and we'll touch on that when it comes. Um, but let's head around the around the league straight away. Breaking news: It's not on the run sheet. Um, Felice Cafusi has been unsuccessful in his judiciary. Charge, so he's out for four weeks. Someone like um, Lemuelu sort of comes into consideration if you wanted to consider that. Um, but some pre-recorded stuff. Danny Levi is out for eight to ten weeks with that broken jaw. Nico Hines he returns. Very, very good timing for the Sharks. I was very curious to see what happened uh, if the Sharks did win on the weekend, and I'd be curious to see if Hines did suit up. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll touch on him and you know whether we buy him or not this week. Uh, you know, as the show goes on. Uh, a big one for Ruben Cotter owners, and this is what I mean. Like, you just need the bounds of the ball to go your way. Um, I potted Ruben Cotter. Uh, you did as well. And I think he's owned by like 35% of coaches. It sucks for them, but he's out for, you know, multiple weeks. And this is something that they didn't plan on. So they, that's how you can generate some ground without making a trade that you don't need to. Uh, he is out for a few weeks after doing his knee. Uh, Money Munster is back for the Melbourne Storm as well after... Geraldo uh, ying his finger, um, but he looks to be back. Um, uh, a really really weird week for Matt Dory. Uh, a feared ACL uh, initially, yeah. uh, downgraded to just a knee injury, and he's he's been named. <laughs> so it's a.
2: Uh, I, I was absolutely shocked when I saw the team list. I was like, on the Sunday pot, I was saying, uh, saying "He's him, he, It's unlucky. At least he got a price rise, and you know it could have been a lot worse. But he's he's gone for the rest of the year. But here he is." He's only back to the bench, but he's he still probably has a couple of price rises in he?
1: Yeah, I had full intention of selling him next week. So I'm like, oh, sweet, he won't lose any money this week or he won't make any money. I know how, I know how much to budget for next week. Um, but no, he's been named on the bench with Ryan Madison coming back in. Uh, but on Dory, he's still got a minus nine break even. So, you know, he's he's getting another price rise at least. So that's good for Faronis. Definitely be holding on to him and we'll, and we'll touch on buy, hold and sell soon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you hold him and you move to Schuster if you don't have him already. And you can do that next week before Schuster goes up in price, so that's something to consider as well. Um, you know, there was some reports on Monday 8.0 that the Tigers were looking to shake things up with their sort of spine, and, you know, there were some concerns over a turf toe, uh, you know, bad performance on the weekend from Adam Dewey. You know, he's probably bought himself another week in many, many coaches' sides. He's been moved back to fullback. Uh, Wade Egan, the most popular hooker purchase last week, is out with a concussion. Did you buy him last week? Another thing, no, another thing, like another ball that sort of bounces that way. we never like to cheer on injuries, uh, but Ruben Cotter's out, way Wade Egan's out. These are, many teams probably own both, so they're trades that other people will have to make that you can, you know, make up ground on. So, yeah, it's still very early, don't stress. And big Gregosaurus, he is back in after Dom Young has been dropped. Mm. If the plan was to drop Dom Young after three weeks, why not just send him to the Roosters and get some kind of, you know, compensation back and who knows. But, Couple of a couple of the big ones that you know we've we've touched on. Danny Levi out for eight to ten weeks. As much as we want Tom Starling to be relevant, unfortunately, he just isn't, and he will never be relevant under Ricky Stewart's. Uh,
2: no, but... I mean, and that's the other thing too. Everyone's always disappointed about that, but oh, we, there's we no way coming. that Starling Starling couldn't can't play. I know he played big minutes last week, but he's not a big enough body, and he's not got more than sixty minutes in him. I mean, it would be nice if he got sixty, but he can never be an eighty-minute hooker. I don't reckon at all ever. Probably, I've always
1: said. I don't know how controversial this is, but if he played eighty minutes every week, he'd, he'd average more than than Grant.
2: I don't know if that's controversial or not, but I generally, I genuinely he's got some it. got some weapons about him in attack uh, for sure. Um, but it is is going to be the the what worked for the Raiders last year. It's going to be Wolford in there getting you know a good the line share probably because he's just a tackle bot and decent enough service out of there, and they'll just use Starling as an impact player. I thought it was so dumb that they went with Levi. to... To begin with, to be
1: honest. Yeah, it's it's Ricky. So uh, it, it is what it is. Munster is back, uh, and Adam Dewey is not in good form. So it does beg the question, do people move to Munster? I'm of the opinion that there's a certain Parramatta 5'8 that I'd rather move to, and we can touch on that. Um, and then a couple of other things. What do you think of Adam Dewey at fullback? Because uh, I think back in 2020, he played 17 games there, averaged 57, but didn't goal kick as well. So I'm kind of happy to bump him up to say a 65
2: um, does, play, yeah.
1: does play Melbourne this week, which is not an easy game.
2: No, it's not. And, and what I'm most concerned about is oh, I his attitude. It seemed like last week, you know, it just didn't seem like he wanted to be there. He, you know, the others were having a dig. Even Brooks had a dig at a point there. He, it wasn't good looks, was it? It didn't look good. No, not at all. Um, um, and he, he looks a bit slow. I don't even know if it's going to work fullback. I think he probably has, he's destined to be a center probably, but um, look, it when you look at it logically, it should be good for him with that bullet pass chiming into those backline plays. Um, are they going to have any goes of that playing against the Melbourne Storm after two losses? I don't yeah. know, but I, I'm going to get a look at him for one more week. I, I could be t- if I got rid of him, I could, um, you know, with a couple of jewels and things, uh, I could get Garrick in if I wanted to do a boost, spicy, but. Yeah, but I, I'm just going to try not to boost if I can help it um, and stick to my original plan.
1: Well, you mentioned Garrick. Uh, let's move into the 10 things that we learned from last week. If you have Turbo and Garrick as a stack, uh, yeah, could could be 200 points for you every week because Garrick quietly for the last three seasons has become elite. Turbo, we know what Turbo can do. Um, but yeah, it just feels like Manly, although they do have tough draws, they're a side that can put up points Regardless, um, and yeah, Garrick do- definitely do- does come into consideration. I think the the plan for me originally ADO was to ride out this Valentine Hones golden draw, and then move to Garrick when the manly draw opens up. Uh, but that could be coming to fruition a lot sooner because Garrick, oh, there's 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 two sides to this coin because although he is fantastic, he's not going to get out of reach like he's not going to get to nine hundred million, which is the fear when you're missing out on some of these big guns.
2: Yeah, he he, he sort of hover. He he never drops really below seven hundred often, and he doesn't. You know, he, he go he'll go up maybe to 800, 850. But um, the thing is, he's got a thirty break even this week. It is you know a hard matchup, and it's a away game. Uh, I can, I understand why people are bringing him in. I have tipped him to be the top scoring, uh, or top averaging center winger. Um, I kind of want to have. I, I'd love to hold Val, and you know, I want to have. three. For at least three sort of as soon as I can that are really strong premium type centers. So if I was going to do Garrick, it'd be, I'd want to add him, add him as a piece. I wouldn't want to sacrifice another piece. I know Val's been a little bit underwhelming. Maybe that is the move you do. And That's you use thing. some of your sort of leftover cash.
1: That's the thing that has Garrick been under, has Val been underwhelming? He's gone 63, 47, 67. And I don't think I've seen him done do anything. So yeah, he's averaging get the average, people are getting
2: the same out of the hammer. Yeah, fuck man, more better. So <laughs> um, yeah, it is this for, for Val. Well, we'd like it. we need a ceiling game. Yeah. Um, and I've I've in my bowl calls this week. I reckon I it's this week. Did, I think he's he's due. He's bloody due. It has to be.
1: Has to be. Yeah. I reckon Ado, in four weeks' time. Uh, if you want to be in the top one thousand, you need to be only Dylan Brown, because he is looking very very good. Paramount's draw opens up extensively, nice uh, and. Look, I feel like if you're cutting Dewey, now Munster isn't the one that you move to.
2: Yeah, I mean, look Munster's got origin, you've got the buy there coming for the storm as well. I think Dillbags is averaging 70 plus, isn't he? You I know, do, so And so. their draw opens up, that 70 could be an 85, 90 average over those games. He's penciled in for me for sure. I I want Dillbags.
1: The question is how we get in there and um yeah, let's well, we about-
2: hope that Dilly doesn't, D- D- uh, Dewey doesn't die in the ass. Yes,
1: if he can just hold ground, not lose too much cash, then that's that's the plan. Then we can move on elsewhere. Uh, but making cash is the key at, at this part of the season, and, and it looks like Tom Gilbert, despite the preseason, or sorry, despite the preseason hype that died off quickly during the trials because he didn't look good. I fucking hate that I've done this. I never buy into trial form, um, mm. but he, he's but. <sighs> Unfortunately we bought into trial form. Uh Gilbert was the play all along. He was he's been the best mid range forward by
2: far. Yes, yes, by a long way. And I'm I'm sitting here with Welsh and it was good for the first couple of weeks. Okay anyway, but that 33 minutes last week has really shit me to tears. So um well done to those guys that went with Gilbert. I think we he was our main person we thought we'd want from the Dolphins. It's turned out that there's quite a few in there that have worked out well for people. Um, but he's been good. And he's getting good minutes. He's a really nice piece in their pack. hes We always thought he's a good player and he was a good buy for the Dolphins. And he's proving, proving that.
1: Absolutely. So- I, I watched him play. I think he played the first half straight last week and scored 44 points at halftime. Uh, that's more than Ryan Sutton scored throughout the game, who I own. Uh, it's also more than Christian Welch scored throughout the entire game in one half, um, who I also own, so not fantastic. Uh, but I, 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 I don't think that you know, the ship has sailed with Tom Gilbert. Uh, I think he could be a borderline front row forward three all season. Does have the handy jewel as well, which is ideal. But yeah, he is the guy. He's a worker. Uh, also, the guy at South Sydney 8-0. Uh, there's a premium 2RF... Uh, and it's not Cam Murray, it's uh, Keon Kolomatangi. He is looking really, really good, looked really good last year. My fears for him this season were that maybe he had capped, um, he would be priced out, and he, he obviously is, he's an attacking 2RF, and the Rabbitohs draw was not fantastic at the start of the season. However, I mean, him close to the line is unstoppable. Uh, he is just putting up numbers for fun.
2: Yeah, he, he's getting better every year. That's the thing. Um, you know, everyone was all over Homoli, but I reckon Kolo Matangi's just come on in leaps and bounds the last couple of years, uh, and he's they use him terrifically well. Uh, would you go Murray to Kolo I've got a question like that today, and everyone, I was like, "It's is it sideways? Murray's minutes have been, you know, last week's minutes weren't, weren't huge, um, but you know, surely... Surely Murray to to Colomitangi sideways.
1: I don't know. Murray's got 110 break even and Colomitangi just looks like he's getting better and better. It does look sideways on paper. Uh, but no origin, you know, could be a season keeper. It's definitely one to consider. Um, second season syndrome is hitting the Cowboys hard. I thought it would, but I didn't think it'd be as hard as what it is. Hence why I wasn't keen on Nani. Hence why I wasn't keen on Scott Drinkwater, who outscored him uh, himself last week, despite not playing. Uh, well done to to Drinkwater. Um, but yeah, these guys are just not, not performing the way we want them to. We mentioned Val before. He's been fine without being excellent. Nanai's been... Uh, he had a game under thirty. He had a game over seventy. He had a game under fifty. So it's just an, the swings and roundabouts. We've you know we've spoken about this beforehand, uh, but the Cowboys, yeah, second season syndrome is is hitting them pretty hard. Uh, are we worried? Are we cutting ties with the Cowboys guys early, uh, or are we going to ride out this so-called golden draw? Well,
2: I mean, I've only got Val, but I, I'd be moving on Cotter um, if I if After. I had him. Well, obviously he's out for too long, but uh, who else has anyone got? Nani, no, no uh, Nani, I'd be
1: cut. Nanai, drink water is gone from most teams, obviously. Uh, Reese yeah. Robson um, was really good last week. Uh, I think he made fifty-five tackles, uh, had a try involvement as well, so he's fine. Um, Tamalolo, uh, it's not it's not twenty eighteen anymore, but yeah, I think the main guys are uh, Val. Um, and, and Nanai really, and I'd, I'd be holding Val because as we've said, you know, he's, he's been fine with that being excellent in a breakout game just around the corner. And with these center wings, if they can string together two good back-to-back games, then their price just goes to the moon. Um, but yeah, Nanai, Nanai is a tough one because I was never keen on him. I never saw the appeal. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I would be cutting ties with him.
2: Yeah, I would be too. I just think he's too up and down, you know, but I mean, Hey, I'm, we're going someone like Murray and I know, You've had Murray as well. And we get, you know, what was it? We've had a 40 in there. It's yes. unheard of really for him as a premium. So it's, there are, it's, it's, it's weird in second row.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and
2: yeah. I'm just, I, I I can't peg it. I can't peg who I want in there. You said Kalobatagi. Maybe that's the guy. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I'm uh, owning for Feeder and Murray and getting outscored by people who have got, just playing Preston as their second frigging second rower.
1: Preston mania yep. is running wild. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: after you announced your trades last week of Teddy to Walsh, uh, I'm sure at halftime you were getting absolutely sprayed. Uh, I was getting I, sprayed hard by everyone. And um, I was on the sherbets <laughs> as well. So I was posting a bit of stuff to the old socials. And <laughs> um, I was talking it from everyone. You had memes going. I had, ready I had everything ready. I,
1: I was fired, ready to go. Um, but in saying that, strap in and enjoy the Reese Balls rolls. Uh, Reese Walsh roller coaster. Whether you're an owner or a non-owner, it's definitely a sight to behold. Because if you're a non-owner, um, you need to wait until the 80 minute mark. I found that out the hard way when I was sort of chirping him last week. Um, uh, you need to wait until the full time whistle. And if you're an if you're an owner and he's on 10 points at 70 minutes, I wouldn't be too stressed because a massive You'll massive involvement stressed. could be coming. You'll
2: be stressed. <laughs> I was stressed, and then it all just—I mean, mate—it's it went it went from Mental. the doghouse up to the bloody penthouse. It was so good. Um, but look on on the financials—he's had a ton and a big ninety as well. So um, you're going to make money unless he comes out and as a real shocker. Well, that's and that's he the,
1: probably still will. That's what I've written here. Reese Walsh could score you 300 points in three weeks, or he could score you 50 in those three weeks combined.
2: Yeah. That's right, uh, and, and I don't know if it's going to be a long-term play for you. Really, it's it's a short-term play, and people are selling Teddy to him, which makes sense because Teddy has a big BE. So you might even just be able to buy Teddy back, you know, and and bank yourself a good couple of hundred thousand, three hundred or something. You know, it, it's plausible and it makes sense to me. You know, if you didn't have Turbo, you'd be getting him and not yeah. Reese Walsh because Turbo's done just as well in his games. Uh, and he's he's someone you can hold for the rest well, of the year. I I don't answer my DMs as much as you do. Um, but I had a couple of DMs
1: asking me this week. Do do I buy Turbo or do I buy Walsh? And I was like, shit. Like for the for the cash grab, it's Walsh. But if you're buying Walsh, I think you're you're under the impression that you're selling him in maybe a month's time. So that's something to consider. Um, despite having his mum sent to jail, you know, a disrupted preseason year-on-year uh, year average decreases for the last four years, Payne Haas is well and truly back. The unfortunate thing with Payne Haas, though, as we mentioned in the preseason, after round nine, he's probably done for the season. I, I don't really see him being viable in many people's sides after round nine. So now is probably the week to buy him. And with Ruben Cotter out, it makes it all the more easy to, uh, to jump to, to Payne Haas. And he looked really good, not just last week, the week before he looked really good.
2: Round one, he looked really good as well. So... Uh, Payne Haas is back. Yeah, scoring well, getting good minutes. He's right. I think he's a tick over sixty minutes, and he doesn't. He looks uh, like a weapon out there. So, yeah, if you've got a cotter problem, Haas is your guy for sure.
1: You mentioned paying you know top dollar for Cam Murray and, and getting scores of forty. Uh, you can pay bottom dollar and get a guy that's pumped out eighty four and then sixty nine in Preston, who quite frankly is becoming a must play in your seventeen every week.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's, it seems strange, doesn't it? Uh, you know, could people safely cull Murray this week and and just make and put Preston in there? No, it's the year, it's
1: the year. Honestly, you could spend 600k in your two RF this year because you're gonna have guys like Jackson Ford, you're gonna have Hopgood obviously, and you're gonna have Preston. You could feasibly run those three and Cardi Chuck Cardi in there as well. You can have four guys under 200 under 300k that you could viably
2: play every week. <laughs> Here's a question: Would you, if you had Fafita and Murray, which one would you cull if you were going to call one? Uh, well, we'll we'll get to that
1: one uh, in the trade talk because right. one of them in my team is fucking gone, uh, right. and it's not Fafita. So we'll uh, we'll,
2: get to, right. we'll get to get to that.
1: <laughs> um, but yes, do you agree with me that Preston is becoming a must play in your seventeen?
2: Well, absolutely, he's scoring well enough in there for sure. Um, I've played him um, since since he rough right from when he started. I played him. Uh, uh, see, I, I had plans to play him
1: last week, but the Adam Dewey, you know, Willie Won, he really fucked me over and I had to play Katoa and that means I had to bench Preston and that cost me, you know, 50 points. So not ideal. Yeah. Um, Paul Alamotti, uh, you know, just quietly becoming a, a pretty fine center wing number four each week. Um, I wouldn't be building around him like I would Preston, but, you know, he could be better than Taruva.
2: Yeah, he's getting better every week. I said that to people last week. I we got a win over um Cando there in the old Turbo, whatever the Podmaster the Podmasters thing. Podmaster's Cup, yes. Um, yeah, because he played Warbrick and I played Alamonte, and and I just felt like he's he went a thirty or fifty, and this week it was a seventy that moved down there with the Fox. I think they've, that edge just, you know drumming up a really nice combination. So, um, I think he just pl- he he's a nice one to play. For sure, on most matchups. You could probably pick and. I mean, if you've got Warbrick and Can Pereira, I can't think of many matchups in which I'd rather play them than El Amadi anyway. Absolutely. So they,
1: absolutely. You mentioned the Bulldogs' left edge is, is humming. Uh, another left edge that is also humming is the Sharkeys left hand edge. Ronaldo had a 60 last week, a 70 the week just gone. Talakai with a 58. Wilton with a 60, uh, 68. Sorry. Uh, Wilton with a 68. I didn't really see him do a whole lot. So that left edge is clicking. And with Nico Hines coming back, it's only good things. All aboard the Ronaldo train! I'll be pumping him back up very shortly. Um, but yeah, that left edge is starting to to hum for the Sharkies, and I think Hines is only going to help that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, but this is what we what we were interested in them pre-season for until the Nico news came through. Give Nico, a couple of weeks, I guess, to to get a look at him. No, nah, uh, fuck that no, no, look at a is straight in. <laughs> oh, well, Nico's <laughs> straight in, mate. <laughs> I'm getting Nico straight away, but I'll, I'll have a think on the others, absolutely. Yeah, the Mulatalos and that. I think, like we said, Garrick's a big target for me, and I'm going to try to get the finances to marry up so I can get him. Um, but I, uh, you know, I don't mind a bit of a pod move on a Mulatalo. And look, Talakai, he's. He's one of those divisive ones where people are like, Oh, never again because they had a bad taste in his mouth. But the people who have um, had a good transaction with him, he's going all right. Yeah, see so I I am in good. the I'm in the good Calakai
1: camp because I bought him uh the week after his breakout game. So I got him at cheap and I sold him just before he plummeted. So I'm in the I'm in the camp of nah Talekai's fine, I don't know what the hate is. Uh, however, Ronaldo, as we've mentioned in the preseason, averages eighty six with Heinz in the side and that's with Wilton in the back row, so I only expect good things from there. Tig Wilton, yeah, I mean, scored 67 in week one with that junkie try, but still scored 50 points in base. I think in round two, he had 48, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was all in base as well. And then 68 this week, and, you know, the Sharks... Uh, it's weird, because we'll, we'll touch on Nico Hines, but I feel like you're not buying any Sharkies next week. If you're going to go Hines, it's this week. Uh, otherwise, you wait until after the buy. So, I think if you're going to jump on that left edge and you want to jump on them early, this week could be the week to do it. Otherwise, wait till after the buy. Yeah,
2: well, before Nico... Um, you know, the news of him out and when he was going to come back, we were saying, if you're not going to go Nico, you've got to get him back in for this round because uh, not that the dragons have been poor. I think it'll probably be a harder matchup than most people th- think. Um, but you get him for this, this next couple of games. Yeah. If you're going to go. So, and otherwise I would be waiting till after the buy. So I- I'm going to be going.
1: Uh, I'm getting to the stage now where I really want to take the host recap section out of the podcast. just to save face. However, a <laughs> bit, of, bit of transparency and honesty on this podcast is what goes a long way. The Rams rehabs 8-0, we finished up with 1,026, uh, highlighted by uh, Harry Grant, obviously. He was my highest-scoring player, and he was also my captain, so that always helps the situation. A couple of other guys in my team, Tom Travojevic, obviously, and Lockie Miller, finally had that game that we've been waiting for him to have, a uh, consistent 50-point scorer, but got himself involved and scored a 98, which was nice. Uh, Christian Welch, Sam Walker, and William warbrick all three of those guys combined for about 50 points between them. Uh, you've got guys like Reid Marnie, Jermaine Hopgood, and Dave Fafita who all plotted around that 50-point mark. Um, so, yeah, look, not not fantastic. Uh, 1,026 for a rank of 3,000. Sorry, not I wish it was 3,000. A rank of 34,747. In saying that, though, if I just pull up the homepage on my NRL Supercoach app, I have scored in total 3074 points. It's you know it's fine. Like it's I'm not stressed about the rank. I'm only 300 points off the top 1k. You know that's a, that's bringing in Nico Hines in this week and captaining him for a good score and backing it up next week with another good score. In saying that though, Ado, I think we were pretty honest on this podcast. We both said the first month for us would be rough because we went hard on Panthers and we went hard on Roosters guys. So you know, yeah, uh, well, that's
0: it.
2: And and I mean, look, th- th- these um you know that you if you're a seasoned coach, you're probably in this period here trying to with price changes build your squad make make fatten out your squad so you've got playable options so I think that the the dust will settle soon, and I think we'll start to see. Just now, I'm not seeing lots of green. Ar- I'm, not, I'm not seeing green arrows. I'm seeing just small falls yeah, in the small, red arrows. Small red ones. And yeah, I but think... I expect once the dust settles and we've got the stronger squads, um, we're going to start shooting at the ladder. Well, so that's, I'm not,
1: that's the thing. Like panicked at all. Last last year, I think I started off the same. I think I had three weeks of poor scores, and then in round four. Um, I think I had the 13th best score of the round in terms of all super coach. And that really yeah. propelled me up. So, you know, just having one of those bounce back weeks is fine. The
2: funny thing is um, we haven't had big, big, huge tons. What's the highest score of the year? Uh, uh,
1: Karaz, the 140, yeah.
2: Um, Otherwise they've been low hundreds so yeah. and, and less hundreds in the week as well.
1: With the Rapana Bananas, uh, you mentioned that you looped and obviously William Warwick kind of screwed that over. Yeah, Um One thousand and
2: sixty-three for us. Um, did the loop
1: work for you? Did you generate more points, or with the AE did you lose out? Who did you drop from your from your seventeen?
2: Uh, I well, I dropped Warbrick and I got Warbrick back. Yes, so it didn't it didn't really do anything for you? No, it didn't do anything. And look, Harry updated to one hundred and five, so I did fall. I did lose by a little bit. Um, so no biggie. Uh, and look, it was points on the boards. I, I was actually going to captain Karaz and that would have been worse. Cause I moved away from Harry when I didn't want to play Warbrick and I was going to play, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, from the warriors, i was going to play Willie army and he was oh. a late out. So I had no choice but to loop then. And and I was forced into the loop instead of captaining Caraz, But so it did actually work out better than that. Um, that transaction, which I would have captain Karaz. So I'm okay with that. Reese Walsh was a good score. Um, you know, I got Preston, who I played, which was a pretty good score. Um, I had Harry Grant, Tom Travoyevich as well. My bad stuff was the same as you. I had Warbrick. I played Katoa because I was panicked about I should have just, like, played Dewey. I no, just had him no, there.
1: because, because like, start? this is what I mean, though. Like, hindsight's fantastic, but, like, we'd be sitting here going, oh, for fuck's sake, Dewey didn't play. I got Warbrick's score of 11 as my AE. Um yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can be hindsight heroes all we want, I think, with the question marks over Dewey. It was a really shit time because Katala played early in the round, Dewey played late, so it really shafted us there. Uh, but, you know, it's those those sort of calls that you make. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you live and move on. Like I said, you're 22,000 spots higher than me, but you're 150 points ahead of me, so it's not the end, end of the world. Uh, let's move into Your Take Not Mine uh, weekly segment where you guys give your hot takes and Ado and I review them. Feels like so long ago that we uh did last rounds, but Noah Buxton said Teddy to get gets up for the Derby and has hundred and twenty. Now I wanted to highlight this because fuck for two weeks in a row now I feel like Teddy Teddy could have gone huge last week. I feel like he had a couple of points left
2: begging again. Yeah, he's nearly. He's looked like if he if a pass just gets thrown or a one just it's like one pass off or one you know one to stick off. Um. So that's why it's been 50-50-60, I think, from him. But it could have easily been 100 in the last two weeks as well. So it was a gamble last week to sell Teddy for me and go to Walsh. And I actually made 40 more points than the others. Um, And people have taken a loss on Teddy. You can see him on the list of most sold this week, obviously because of the buy. And everyone's going to Walsh this week. They're doing my move last week, this week. Yes. Um, so there you go but it's been so close for Teddy
1: you mentioned Walsh uh, Justin McCall said Walsh with back-to-back tons and this one at uh, the 72nd minute mark boy how do you look like a clown Justin but uh, he finished and <laughs> he just missed close. out just just missed close. out with back-to-back tons
2: um, and BL we should give him that i will given it to him.
1: <laughs> and PLY137 uh, said Hopgood back-to-back-to-back to back 100s now Hopgood it feels like so long ago I was sitting in the middle of a I was sitting in the middle of the ocean on a cruise ship watching this game and I didn't know he picked up the ankle injury until, um, you know, sort of the Monday. But, boy, that stung a lot of people because Supercoach Law, mate, Supercoach Law dictates that after a player gets seamless hundreds, um, everyone captains him and he must get a 40. Uh, In saying that, that Hopgood now has the record for the highest price rise ever in Supercoach. He takes Talon's May record from round two to round four, four last year, so... Yeah,
2: yep, he's human, and and I was yeah affected by that. Um, you know, the last minutes, but he he was captained by I think fourteen percent or something. Same so. same amount of
1: people captained him as the same amount of people that captain uh, Harry as so. It just shows you that um, yeah, it was a, had a big big swing, and that's why I am surprised I did have red arrows because I captained Harry and I you know thought I had the jump on people. Unfortunately, uh, this week's uh, your take, not mine. The FPL spot says Cleary to surpass his break even of one hundred and sixty one. Now, huge <laughs> call, huge call considering the bloke has scored about 100 points in two weeks.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, he's away, um, you know, and it's not an easy matchup either. Oh, look, uh, they'll be desperate, won't they? They get um, Maddo back, which should help them a little bit. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking
1: with the way that obviously super coaches now change how they're scoring the assists, we're not going to see
2: these massive scores anymore. Um, yeah, you know, I'm worried about that. I, I, you know. That's the thing. You, you, I'm going to, you're looking at VCs and Cleary and Turbo seem like two great options because they seem like the only ones that might still be able to do it with like lots of try assists or lots of tries, yeah. you know. Um, so it's it's tough. And that was like Karaz. That's how he got there with multiple tries. I don't know if we're going to see the big, big ones. And I I don't expect that he's going to get his um, 161, but I think I'm going to probably VC him it's Sweet. So you still own
1: Cleary? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. We'll be definitely watching that one with uh, open eyes because I do not own. Um, I will be buying next week, all fingers crossed. So I really hope he scores a twenty and just plummets in price even <laughs> further. Uh, really, really good a friend, of, a really, a oh, I've got, I hope not. A really, really good friend of the show, Aman Talk from man Talks NRLSC says, uh, Val Holmes with hundred versus the Titans this week. Now I know straight away that you're going to agree with this because you're also yep. expecting a big bounce get back game from Val.
2: Yeah, I think he's due and, you know, they've been a bit underwhelming like we predicted probably for the Cowboys. Um, I don't, I I like them at home. It's a home game, isn't it, for them this week? So, and I think Val's due. So I'm going to tip him this week to get that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Val's one big play away from a big score as well. So definitely not out of the question. Um, Obviously the Queensland, uh, the other Queensland derby happening this week, not the Broncos and Dolphins. We get the Titans taking on uh, the Cowboys. Uh, Moz uh, says, Grant with back to back 100s. Now, against the Tigers this week, fire
2: out with Munster back. Got to be a chance. Lock him in. (laughs) It's got to be a chance. Um, That's the reason why I'm going to probably captain, I mean, vice captain Cleary, because I just reckon it's a a nice, strong captain option this week in Grant as well.
1: We always talk about vice captaincies, you know. This is why I never understood Hopgood as a vice captain, um, because I just didn't think he had the upside, despite having two back-to-back 100s. I know that sounds probably a little bit counterintuitive, uh, but I think Grant does have that 150-point upside and against the Tigers. I mean, he had three tries this last week. Um, You know, Grant, he was down in tackles. Melbourne were very sloppy, so I just expect him... Also, in that Melbourne game, Grant looked very, very strong in the first 20 minutes. Like Really scheming out a dummy half, so... Yeah, uh, I was tossing up between VC on Turbo or VC on Grant. I think I'm going to lean ever so slightly towards Grant. And uh, Cooper Truth says Walsh, under 35. I mean, absolutely. Uh, he could be under under 35 at the 75th minute mark and then no one knows what's going to happen. Walsh is one of those guys, though. Yeah, where I think if you are buying him, you need to strap in and get ready for the ride. Um, you so, do under thirty five. That's,
2: that's going to be a Walsh ride, and 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 the funny thing is, Cooper's going to be right at some stage, if not even if it's not this week, oh, he's going to get some in. some of them. It's not like a Teddy that you know Teddy does have those sort of that
1: base stats in him. The tackle breaks whereas Walsh is quite reliant uh, on attacking stats. We do have a wonderful question uh, on that uh, this week, but let's move into buy holes and sells for the round. Uh, top of the list is our aforementioned Reese Walsh, uh, you know, from the from the Brisbane Broncos uh, at fullback. You know, doesn't have the price rise this week because he did miss out uh, in the you know the first the first game of the season. Didn't play. Uh, I'm obviously stalling for time so I can pull up his break even. I would imagine it's exorbitantly low. Um, but obviously, you own him. Uh, you're in agreements that that Reese Walsh is a buy, considering with his minus thirty two break even.
2: Yeah, he's definitely a buy. I think for people. Having playable options in fullback is, is optimal. Uh, and people have just have taken a bit of a sting on on Teddy. And he's got the high break even. You've got somebody here with a nice negative break even. It's not the worst matchup. Dolphins have done well, but I'm tipping the Broncos this week. Uh, and I think Reese Walsh, it's a good matchup for him, I reckon. So I, I just think he'll come out and maybe it's not a 35. Maybe it's not a 100. Even if it's a 50, he's still going to make good money. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm I'm going to have him as a short term rent. I don't want to ride that roller coaster for very long. I'm going to get off and get back to somebody who is a bit more reliable. Speaking of reliable, uh,
1: we've got two guys here that I can't really split. You've got Payne Haas and you've got Tom Gilbert. Now I think you can you can't go wrong with either one of these options. Probably lean towards Gilbert just because he's probably a tad cheaper and does have the the nice handy jewel. Uh, but both those guys, you know, with Ruben Cotter out, makes them both ever more reliable. If you had to pick one, where are you leaning with Gilbert Orwell or Haas?
2: Well, I'd want Haas for sure, but there's a def there's a different, definitely a different budget, you know. So whatever your budget is, I don't reckon either's bad, and I think you'll be happy with both purchases, whatever your budget is. At three hundred and two k, despite
1: going up a uh, hundred thousand in the you know aforementioned first price rise, still has a minus sixty two break even. Uh, it's Jacob Preston. I think he. You know, just should be in your side regardless of the price. People are worried about uh, TPJ, but TPJ and Ceraldo have both come out and said that his best position is front row forward, uh, which I expect him to slot in that rotation quite nicely. Jacob Preston, despite the hundred K price rise, I still think there's many, many more price rises to come.
2: Yeah, I mean, you forget about the price rise that's already happened. It's a bloke who's three hundred K who's got a minus sixty break even. so it's good good business to bring him into your teams. You can play him too, which is all another great thing.
1: Moving into the holds, I've uh, put Tenor Boyd as a hold for one week. I think he's got a 40 break even. Um, you know, in a game against the, the Cowboys who have leaked points, uh, if he gets a couple of points in goal kicking, I think he had 47 points and didn't really do a whole lot last week. So I'm going to hold on to him for one more week. This is me personally uh, because I do have a certain Penrith halfback we're going to be eyeing off. Um, but I wouldn't be rushing out of my way to sell Tenor Boyd. I just I wouldn't be re- reliably playing him.
2: Yeah, that's fine. He's, you know, I mean, I held the cheese last week, but I can't hold him this week. So it's fine if you need to hold him for one more week um, and then use them to advantage the week after, you know, if you need to.
1: It does baffle me that uh, Nathan Cleary is the fifth most traded up person this week. Despite having the buy last week, I feel like if you've come this far with him, you hold on.
2: Yeah, but people probably had other moves they wanted to do last week and knew that they weren't going to get burnt by Cleary's big cash loss. So they are just now catching up. You know, they made trades last week to get in players who were going to make money um, because I'm Cleary holding. was – you can put him on the back burner. Surely if you week. have Cleary now, you're holding. Well, I mean, I made plans to be able to hold him and use Sam Walker to go back to Hines. Um, but he's going to break, break even at 160. So he's gonna probably lose money. Uh, so yeah, fun. I guess. I mean I'm I'm in the, the holding camp. I'm also in
1: the holding camp of Adam Dewey. Not loving it. Um, but him at fullback maybe gives you another chance to have a look at him on in insane that though it is against the Melbourne Storm, which is a very, very tough game.
2: Yeah, I mean like I'm not gonna move him. You know, a lot of people have been sending me messages, should I just go down to Schuster? And that's going to probably leave him with Katoa and Schuster. As their five eights. The only thing with um, Schuster, and this is what I'm not
1: like, I've seen people bring Schuster in and not play him. Why? Just wait a week. Like you can do it next week. If you're playing, if you're bringing Schuster in with the intent of bringing him in your seventeen, I understand
2: that. But if you're bringing him in just to ride the pine, uh, I'd rather just not. Yeah, well, people are probably doing it even, you know, to make the four hundred k. The 400K helps them do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they were really disappointed by Dewey last week. So I just don't, I, I reckon if I've got a, a bloke who is playing in fullback and I can pick him in 5'8, I'm going to have a look for a week. That's just, that's my logic. I want to have a look at him for a week and see. I was really worried about what I saw last week. And um, if he goes out and busts out another 20, that jump to dill bags is going to become much harder than we think.
1: Especially if Dillbags, you know, puts out another 70-plus performance. Um, William Warbrick is being sold by a lot of teams. Now, still has a break-even of 16. Does play the Tigers this week. I can't sell when you're playing the Tigers.
2: No, and look, Cam looked like an absolute bloody bust and then got a decent enough score to start generating a bit of cash. Warbrick just needs a try. He needs a try or two. He needs
1: another centre partner, I feel. I feel like R- Remus Smith is just killing him.
2: Yeah, Remus doesn't love a pass, does he? Um, look... You know, Munster's back into the team. I mean Melbourne are not going to stay down forever. No, they're probably not as uh, the Melbourne we know and love. Well, know and love? I don't think we love them. But the Melbourne that we're used to, um, but monster back in, you know, they got Kamikamika and Sims in that last week. They're going to find their, their continuity. And they're going to get better. I'm interested to see if Hughes beats his charge because um, if Hughes is in... I think that's good, and, and Munster, it's good for everyone. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, I'm also holding another Melbourne Storm player in Christian Welch. Now, I'm going to put his minutes down to the heat. Um, we've seen what he did in round one. You know, he was back to be super coach best. So, I've got a lot of uh, a little bit more faith that, you know, those minutes do bounce back down in Melbourne. Uh, very, very hot week last week, and maybe Bellamy was just trying to put some more mobile middles in as they found themselves, you know, down. And uh, I think Melbourne got steamrolled through the middle last week, and, you know, hopefully Bellamy just trusts his club captain uh, ever, ever more. And I'm going to be holding Christian Welch.
2: Yeah, same. The minutes were good for week one and two. I mean, yeah, they're getting some troops back. Um, Kamakamika and Sims are sort of playing middles, but he's your captain and he's an origin forward. So I just think that the minutes have got to be at least 50. Uh, and, and they were like that for the first couple of weeks. It was friggin' hot you know, in Queensland and in Brisbane slash Gold Coast um, for that game. So... Uh, look, if, if you, you could panic move, but I don't see any point in panic moving. Would you Would you go Welsh to Gilbert? If you had no other options, like nothing else in your sight, then sure.
1: But surely people have other issues, um, including yeah. including the man that is uh, a big sell for me. Being Ruben Cotter, uh, obviously this one is a teamless Tuesday-dependent one, uh, out for a quote-unquote few weeks, thanks to Ted Roker on Twitter. Um yeah I mean you've just got to sell him. you just unfortunately when when these injuries have no time frame in saying that though he hasn't been overly impressive either, so I'd be cutting ties with the ribbon Cotter a perfect excuse to do so,
2: yep and coach that was the big worry. you're like Cotter wants to play eighty minutes, but I just can't see coach giving it to him. He likes to fart ass around with their minutes, and he has been
1: yeah uh their bench does hot. Their bench does not inspire me at all. You've got Jake Granville, James Tamu, and Jermaine Snow-Brown. It's not an exciting bench. Um, I'd be playing Cotter for big minutes, but that's just uh, my opinion. Uh, my opinion was also to sell James Tedesco. Now, he's been one or two plays away from back-to-back hundreds, but unfortunately, Roosters have the buy. There's better options out there, and Reese Walsh is going to make you cash while he's out. He's going to have a massive break even when he comes back as well. Roosters don't have a fantastic
2: draw when he comes back, so I'd be looking at uh, moving him on. Yeah, there's a, there was a time where we would say that's crazy to ever sell Teddy. Uh, and look, people are like, oh, you know, it was just around the corner of one of those passes stick. Well, they didn't. They didn't. It's a game of numbers and it's a 50-50 or 60 He's got a huge break even. He's um, already lost money. He's into a buy. We've got these buys. And so uh, you, you move him on and you get yourself two playable fullbacks. And one of them that you bring in who's a good playable one for this week is going to make some money most likely very good money. So you just do it, I think. And you might have a plan to get back to Teddy, you know, once the dust settles, or maybe you're you're partial to a trell. you know, maybe you've got someone that you want to go back to, um, to run home with for sure. And Teddy's going to be one of those ones. that's probably an option for you to run home with, but making the move now, it's not a bad move. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, After two really, really good scores from Sam Walker, he was staring down the barrel of a 20 break even. I was always selling him, even if he scored a 200, but I was just, I was hoping I'd be getting an an, an okay price rise out of him, Um, but, you know, lost ever so slightly, but, yeah, with the emergence of, uh, you know, Cleary coming back and a certain Cronulla Sharks halfback, he's being moved on in my eyes, and I think he needs to be moved on in your, in other people's eyes too.
2: Yeah, I mean, it is disappointing, because the first two games he looked really good, and if he'd uh... Pumped out an 80, it would have been just a nice little uh, rent that we had of Sam Walker while we were waiting for Hines. Just left a tiny little bit of taste in my mouth. And instead of culling down one of my, you know, a cheaper player, I'm going to have to get rid of the cheese, which doesn't really hurt kill, bother me either, really, to be honest. I would have preferred to hold him if I could. Um, but that's it. Uh, Sam Walker just didn't have a good game last week, um, you know, and, and only lost 9K, I think it was, instead of making a little bit um you're moving on. Now we didn't
1: mention Nico Hines because I did want to just do a little bit of a piece on him. I think buying Nico Hines uh it's dependent on how big your balls are, really. Um how much of a gamble do you like? Because he's nine hundred K. Uh he hasn't played a game since the, you know, trials and, uh, you know, he's come back from a calf injury, so it's a a lot to put faith into. Now, uh, I'm not going to begrudge you for buying Nico Hines. I'm also not going to tell you to run out of the way and get him. So I think it comes down to how much of a gamble do you want to take uh, with said Nico Hines. What are your thoughts on the Dallium halfback?
2: Yeah, I think that there's pros and cons. I think the the pros are definitely the next two matchups where... If Nico was, if if everything was, all the boxes were ticked, they were all ticks. He comes back and he's not hampered by the calf injury, Um, and that you know the the sharks fought, they haven't been playing that great either. But if he comes in and they just start playing the best that the sharks can play, I reckon people could regret it for sure that they didn't bring Nico in straight away. Um, But there are is a chance of re-injury with calves. We know that that seems to be one of the. Niche injuries that's happening and jaws, broken jaws. Yeah, it's a um, lot of broken jaws. Yeah, and and some uh, calves. So you know, it's it's a high chance of re-injury type injury. Um, and he's got to be a little bit rusty, hasn't he? he? Like he hasn't played for a while. So insane insane that
1: though, the way I'm looking at it is, I can take a free gamble because if he sucks for two weeks, it's a very easy move to Cleary.
2: Well, yeah, definitely, and you know, um. He's the top dollars as well. So he makes some money off it probably because Cleary looks like he's going to lose some money. So I agree with you. I think if you're going to do it, you do it now. Oh, you don't do it next and, week. You absolutely do nah, not do it next you week. You do it now. You know, people are like, I'll get a look at him this week and maybe I'll do it next week. Nah. Well, then they go straight into the buy. So if you're going to do it, you get the big balls and you just do it now. I wanted, I wanted Heinz and Cleary. I was going to just take an AE in the round 13 when they were both on the buy And I've planned my money to be able to do it in two moves this week with, you know, other players. So I'm going to bring him in and I'm just going to have faith in the fact that Nico's a stud um, and hope that the injury doesn't hamper him and that he's not too rusty, that he just comes out and hits the ground running.
1: Yeah, you got some pretty big balls bringing him in, but mine must be ginormous because I'm going to bring him in and stick the armband straight on him. Big pressure.
2: You're going to straight captain
1: him. I will be. I will be captaining him uh, first game back. Um, so let's let's touch on captains because this week is interesting. <coughs> Number one, I do have Harry Grant. Uh, overall, I think he's the best option regardless of VC or C this week uh, against the Tigers off the back of a 100-point performance. It's, it's hard to really talk him down. Bloke just looks really, really good. I agree. Ah. And
2: That's going to be my captain. <laughs> I'm going to He'll, go. Captain. He will be
1: my vice captain. Uh, maybe I'm biased for putting him at number two, but my captain for this week is Nico Hines. Now, against the Dragons, it's Nico Hines. Uh, it's
2: an away game.
1: Nah, uh, no, who fucking cares? It's Nico Hines. Well, he doesn't do as well away. I
2: don't think. Ah, don't don't numbers. talk don't talk, don't talk me out of it. Oh, sorry. I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. I reckon it's. I love doubling down. If you're gonna bring him in this week, oh, it's if we be go down, we're going down moves. in flames, fuck the fuck. This yeah. half-ass shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy to bring him in. Look, um, that's the other thing too is with players like Warbrick and Cam it's going to have to be a huge score. So you're gonna go. That that's the thing. I'm VCing a Cleary because I need a, I need someone who's got a potential to get a big score. That's the thing,
1: interestingly, and that's what people. People messaged me after, and obviously I took the piss out of a lot of people when they asked about turbo looping because I, I just said no. I've played Coach for seven years. I have looped four times in seven years. It needs yeah. to be an exceptionally big score for you to do it, especially this year with guys like Warbrick, Khan, Pereira. I have Ben Murdoch, Marcella, who's fucking ass. Like, yeah. it needs to be 150 plus for, for me. Um and yeah, I just didn't think Hopgood had it. Obviously, I think Grant's got that in him. I think Cleary's got that in him. I think Turbo's got that in him. So they're the guys you need to weigh it up um, in terms of of what you're doing. So that's uh, that's just my two cents. And obviously, yeah, we we'll touch on Nathan Cleary. Um, you know, he comes back in to people's teams now that the Penrith Panthers are off the buy. He is my third best captaincy this week, and I know he's had two scores of fifty, but it's just hard to bet to bet, to bet against pedigree.
2: Yeah, that's the thing about Teddy. We're saying it's not a matter of if, it's when. And Teddy could have done it in the first, well, in the last couple of weeks and just hasn't landed. Cleary will go big. And he's been one of those ones that has burned people before who have, in these exact scenarios, where he's just come back and, and he's got a huge BE and everyone's like, oh, wait a week. He, he, this is just ready made for what's happened in the past. I remember I'm,
1: I'm terrified because last year I went early on Cleary and it paid off huge. Um, yeah. So yeah.
2: I mean, I'll, I'll look, uh, he's got a big break. Even I think he's a strong play this week. It is an away game for them as well. Um, but he's he's got a ceiling. He's got one in there. We know he's got a big ceiling. We know that Hines has got a big ceiling. There's a couple of big ceiling players and monster A couple of big ceiling blokes have come back in this week, and I reckon that's going to make um, this week much more interesting.
1: I've just got vibes. on. I've got nothing to back this up. I've just got vibes. With Parramatta, I feel like it's either going to be like a 10-8 defensive masterclass or it's going to be like forty-two to thirty. Like, it's, there's not going to be an in-between game. I think it's going to be points galore, or or barely any at all. And obviously, for for clear owners, they're going to hope it's on the other end of that. Uh, number four for captaincy, I've got Val now up against the Titans. Uh, I think you know that breakout game is just around the corner. And it depends on how big um, you want to go with Val. I have him, I have him ranked higher than Turbo, who I've got at five. And we'll talk on him soon. Uh, but Val, you know, a really favorable matchup. Um, yeah, just keen to see the, the Cowboys bounce back. It, and you are putting a lot of faith in the Cowboys bouncing back with no Reuben Cotter uh, because a lot of Val's points are going to come from goal kicking. But uh
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think he's due. He's going to land at some stage. Um, I don't hate it. Sweet.
1: Uh, and Turbo at five. Obviously, it's Turbo. It doesn't have the the greatest matchup this week uh, against the Bunnies, I'm pretty sure it is, but it's Turbo. Uh, he's not captaincy material for me, um, but he is definitely vice-captaincy candidate.
2: Yeah, I think so, because he's got a ceiling, uh, and it's just not the best matchup. It's it's a, a pretty good team, and it's away. So, I mean, if it was at Brookie, I could still be tempted by Turbo, for sure, because he plays a hell of a lot better there. Um, but yeah, I think there's a couple of other decent better options. I reckon for me this week, let's talk our trades. Um, let's start with yours. We've done mine the
1: first, uh, first last couple of weeks. Let's talk on your trade data and, uh, what your plans are this week.
2: Yep. Well, because of Sam Walker, resolding me with his losing money instead of making a bit of money, I've had to call a medium piece. And that is the cheese. I've gone down to sunny Luke. Um, it was, you know, it banks me a bit of money and I've got 120K left in the bank now after doing the move, uh, which is fine. Um, so he's going to go down to Sonny Luke um, and I'm going to go Sam Walker up to Hines. I'm only going to do the two. I'm going to hold the boosts and save those for the major buy, buy rounds. Um, and that, that's it. Hines in. And Sonny Luke, I think he's got a, a lowish break. He'd probably start making a bit of money. Are
1: you playing Sonny Luke? No. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm not playing him. Uh fuck holding boosts. I don't do that around here. I I, I I used all five and seven weeks last week and it worked out pretty well. We're gonna be boosting again. Uh, we're gonna be trading yeah. we're gonna be trading out uh, Cam Murray. Mm. Don't know how I feel about that, because sure as shit he'll score hundred and twenty and I look like a fucking moron. Uh but Cam Murray is out for Jackson Ford. Now I'm very thankful that Jackson Ford did have the HIA which uh, stopped his price rise last week. Still has a break even of twelve or something this week, so uh, getting him in, definitely. Uh, we're going Sam Walker to uh, Nico Hines, which is nice. And look, going Nico Hines, I'm already strapping myself into a up-and-down roller coaster. Do I want to be having that? Do I want to be looking at my score on Monday and seeing Nico Hines scores 15 and Reese Walsh scores 10? Probably not. So, I'm going to be a little bit more safer. And instead of bringing in Reese Walsh, we're bringing in our Canterbury Bankstown Bullogs friend in you know, Jacob Coraz. Just, I need some consistency. I don't want to, you know, have two guys that are going to give me heart palpitations. So, uh, by doing that, we're going to shift, um, you know, either Lockie Miller or Taruva down to fullback. It doesn't really matter who it is. Uh, Lockie Miller will have the reserve armband on him, however. So, yeah, there my moves. We're going to be boosting. Uh, in saying that, though, Ado. Uh, let me pull up my team because I have uh, a lot of money in the bank. I think I've got four hundred and fifty k in the bank. Lot of cash. And the plans next week: uh, Dory
2: to Schuster and Tabloid to Nathan Cleary. So nice. You'll you'll get back to you know the players I already have. Yeah. Already,
1: and then right. and then look maybe we boost again next week. Uh it'll be depend <laughs> it'll be depending on Ryan Sutton and sort of Tom Gilbert and how much money I have in the bank because Ryan Sutton's probably the biggest weak point in my side at the moment. Um but yeah, three boosts in 3 weeks. I'm yeah, I'm against using boosts if it's just pointless, but you know if you're fixing up weak points in your side then that's what I'm yeah. I'm sort of doing. So, yeah,
2: uh, we'll if see. If I was going to use a boost this week, it'd be a luxury. Well, I mean, I would have done Dewey essentially to Garrick because I really want Garrick and I have a little bit of doubts over Dewey, but it is luxury. So I'm just going to hold
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Dewey you know, to fullback. I'll get a look for a week and I just won't pull the trigger. I'm not against using one next week. If the combination of what I want to do with my team um, requires a boost to make it happen, um, you know, do it if it can be. People send me like, "Would you boost blah for blah?" And I'm like, "Tell me your three moves. You need three way more than that. Yeah. Ins. it's a move of three things, and that's how I look at it. Not one move, because what else did you do? Yeah, you know, like I need to see what those. What? Why did you use the th- th- third one? Yeah, you, you know need, what? What did it gain you? You need context. So, you need I agree. definitely need context. <laughs>
1: Move into some questions from the wonderful, wonderful listeners. ASDs, uh in you know, in uh, fitting fashion, we're talking about the boosts. He asks, "Is using boosts early on bad this year with buyers and new the new HIA rule? You could get stung." Now you've got two different people on this podcast who have very, very different opinions on the boosts. I say fuck it, let's just use them. Aido is a bit more conservative than me. I think you use the boost to fix your team. Um, if I could make five or six trades this week, or if I could make five or six trades last week, I would have, and I'd be very comfortable to sit on it for a month. Unfortunately, it's not how it's done, so I want to be fixing up my squads ASAP, especially when it comes to Cash Cows, uh, you know, Schuster next week, Jackson Ford this week, Karaz before he gets out of hand. Um, these are the reasons why I'm boosting. I'm not just boosting for the sake of it. I'm boosting because I want to fix up the issues that I made from the preseason. I think last year... Um, I finished with one person in my squad that I started the season with, and that was Max King. I
2: held him throughout the entire year. Otherwise, I traded everyone else out. So, did you regret at any stage in the year? You're like, fuck! I wish I had a boost. Um, after they were gone, maybe,
1: maybe like you know, very, very late in the season. I was very lucky last year. I had a lot of depth, so I ran out. Of, I ran out of trades in round 22 last year, but I had plenty of depth. Um, yeah,
2: I, I mean, look, I used up mine pretty quickly as well. I had the I'm, plan. I literally I literally, I literally sat here on this podcast
1: and I said, oh, we've got five boosts. I'm going to use one early on, two for the buyers, and, and one <laughs> for the late. And fuck, I used five in seven weeks. So I, like, yeah. It, it, well, it look, didn't happen. All I
2: will say that is different this year is we've got three major buy rounds.
1: I just think you need to be more smart with your trades this year. Not so much more conservative. Just be more smart. Like don't buy Nico Hines next week, for example, because he's out. Buy him this week or buy him in round seven. So just, I think, be more smart with your moves rather than just being like, oh, I'm going to fucking boost for the sake of it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, look, if you're bringing in players that have already had a buy or they're not going to be, they're going to miss one of the major ones, you just got to look at that sort of stuff for the people that you're bringing in. That's it. Put a price on your boost a little bit. If it's doing something that is v- value in your team, like br-
1: Like bringing in Adam Elliott last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, boost for Um Now, I'm going to look, I'm going to try to put three aside because I just know when those major buys come up, you're going to have a lot of people out of your team and just to pump one in. Uh, if you've got a huge piece that you just go, oh, I cannot sit that many on the sideline, yeah. you know, activate a boost and then I can make three trades in those rounds. And that's yeah. my plan. And if I can manage to, I mean, look, obviously I can use one more and I still have the three left for those major buys. Um, but I'm gonna try my best to get to that th- round thirteen and, and have all of the rest of my boosts in hand. I'll be lucky if I have any
1: round thirteen. In all seriousness though, like the only luxury boost I'm using might be next week for Ryan Sutton and if he but he's still putting at forty, it's not terrible. Um, but yeah. Zig Dog asks, Are we witnessing a dramatic shake up with last year's top eight teams not hitting the mark early on? And what are the ramifications for Supercoach? Now, I included this one because I was sitting in a barbershop at the start of round four last year. I live in Newcastle, and I was fucking hearing it. Oh, we're we're winning the comp. Everything's Newcastle were 3-0 last year, and we know how that went. I would just chill. Um, I don't... There are some sides I'm concerned about, um, like the Cowboys. I'm not concerned with Melbourne too much because I just think they've been decimated. Same with the Roosters. Just decimated with injuries, and I think when they come back, they'll be fine. Um but like let me pull up the ladder. because I want to I I w I wanna I wanna ask, like, who are the real surprises? Broncos in the top eight? Not really.
2: No, it's not a surprise. I mean they're me.
1: in they're in first, but they haven't had the hardest draw of all time. Uh the Dolphins, obviously.
2: Yeah, big surprise.
1: The Seagulls, no.
2: No, I mean it's like not with if turbo. Turbo's if Turbo's in there, the, the sky's the limit. The Warriors. Oh, yes. Admittedly, yes. I, did, I didn't have them as high as I did. The Panthers... No, he's the he's Panthers a good and... coach, and he's come from a good system. They're, do, they're doing good things. I don't know if they're going to land in the eight, but I think we need to rethink them being 14, 15. Yeah, They'll battle it out around that eight with pa- some other, other teams. Panthers in the top eight,
1: obviously not. Titans, touch and go. It really depends on how they used for feeder. Uh, The Roosters and the Bulldogs, both those teams, I mean, the Roosters are a bit lower, but the Bulldogs, we said in the pre-season, they're challenging for the top eight. And then we look a bit deeper. I mean, the Sharks, they've been without their best player for three weeks. The Storm have had no forwards. Uh, The Cowboys, yeah, they stink. And look, Parramatta, they are 3-0. Oh, sorry, 0-3. They haven't had the easiest start, in all honesty.
2: So, like, I'm not fussed. I'm not worried about these. There may be none from five. But you have a look at their draw after that; they yeah. could then be five from ten. Probably. I think the biggest. So, I
1: think the biggest outrage here is obviously the Tigers at seventeenth. Hey,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are the Tigers
1: the only team that can get worse after getting the spoon last year? Going well, from, I mean, how do you, how do you go poor, lower than 16? they They've spent
2: millions of dollars, millions on players. Uh,
1: but no, look. In, in terms of supercoach, how Rob, did
2: you fuck up Appy and iPad?
1: Fucking you're telling you I'm i i am a Dolphins Life member. I've got a membership with the Dolphins. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Might um,
2: be time, mate. Oh I'll tell you what. I mean when's when this when's this
1: eighteenth team coming in? Hurry up. Oh, um, God, in, in all honesty, mighty. like when it comes to ramifications for Supercoach It's too early. I mean, it's three weeks. I feel like everyone's very reactionary right now.
2: I think everyone's at their peak, like fuck, it's 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 terrible.
1: Just, yeah, because
2: I mean, you you know, like you are looking we. I think we had early rounds last year. Even we had some thirteen hundreds, you know, fourteen hundreds. If I get
1: to round six, I'm still at thirty four thousand. Then yes, I'm going to start fucking panicking. But right now, I'm just like, it, it is, it is what it is. Like it,
2: it's fine. <laughs> yeah, look, this, look. This is where everyone's setting up their team. It's that moving parts, and it's how everyone emerges from that, which is going to see where you really are. So. I agree with you. I think we get past round six, We're but that's going it's... into round four. So round four, round five, round six, three more rounds. We've had three. Let's get a look at three more. Um, um, and then price changes are well in swing then, and we'll see where everyone lands. Obviously,
1: I'm not rich enough as Tim Williams to employ some super coach minds like Adam DeRussi, but I would be very curious to see if Adam did crunch the numbers on how many sides in the top 1,000 had enoughs. Um, that's something I'd be very interested to see uh, as to how many of those teams in the top 1K um, what their team value is and how much generation, how much cash they're generating. Mate, I just made 300K in a week um, just by having cash cows. So I'm not fussed. I think I'm building my team moving forward. Fuck, I think I was 80K after two two rounds last year. So it, it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, let's move to the last question. Um, Jeff S says, how do we approach zero base players like Walsh and even AKP for to an extent? Now, this is why I wasn't overly keen on Walsh buying Heinz because I just wanted to get Karaz in, who was safe as houses. But guys, the yeah. like, guys like AKP, Warbrick. I think these are guys that you just have to play on matchups. It, you look, you look like a genius when it comes off. You look like a, a moron when it doesn't.
2: Yeah, that's right. And and it's different for them to Walsh because they've got no value. So anytime they do anything, that gets them going in a nice way, big time. Um, Walsh, for instance, six hundred or whatever k. He, he, you know he, that that hurts when he gets a real low one. So it's the same thing we have with AJ. If the run is going well, the run of scores, it's great great time to own those players. But these ones that have a low floor and a high ceiling, people are finding that out about Nani. Oh,
0: know,
2: I because... was
1: I was the same. I um I shit canned uh, Xavier Coates all preseason and then don't ask me why. I just I decided to start with him. Um, I think he had back to back scores of under twenty, and then he just went hundred hundred hundred, and he went from three hundred k to six fifty in about a month and a bit. So these guys look. It's tough because AKP, obviously, yeah, he's not he's not cost... Like, you haven't bought him to play him. You bought him just to sit on the sideline. I think with him, he could come out and score four tries in two weeks. I don't think I can viably play him. Um, yeah. I just think it's all matchup based. I think you just have to enjoy the ride, um, but build your side around guys like him without playing them. Walsh is different because you're paying more
2: money for a guy with fuck-all base. Um it was, yeah, a and that's why you you've you're trying to mitigate risk, and that's why you've gone with the Carraz. Oh, that's instead. why it's why I wasn't is... keen on
1: on drink water. Uh, it's as it much as much as the whole as much as as, a whole, as, as, know, as much just... as a, it's a meme. Like I wasn't keen on drink water because I didn't want to pay 750k for a guy with no base. It's why I want Karaz. I think everyone wants Karaz, but like I feel like if I don't get him this week, I'm not going to be able to afford him. Whereas Walsh, he's got a minus 30 break even, but Walsh could score 15 points this week, and he's not going to get out of range. So
2: that's the Anyone story I'm looking can be at. be on zero at halftime could just have two bad halves yeah. and finish with them. Shoulder the charge under.
1: Kyle Felt in the jaw, get sent off finish on, uh, you know, minus <laughs> points.
2: <laughs> I think he updated to one, actually. Uh, good on him. What a, what a champion. Um, yeah, so look, I, I, those players, you just, you really um, look at your team as a whole and try not to have too many of those because there could be a, a week where they all fall over and you really drop massively on the um, ladder but someone like Walsh I think is a safe enough pick this week. And all I, that's like I've said, I, I, would have, I want him as a, a short term rent yeah. and you're committing yourself to another trade in there to get him once he's done some money making back to one of the other ones that might be a premium who's lost some money. Um, but You've got to be prepared for these low floor guys. We'll show their floor sometimes. Oh,
1: yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, let's finish up with the tips for the round and uh, we'll let you go on your way. After three rounds, you and I are both tied on 12. I think we've both gone 4 4 4 in the first three weeks. Um, Far out.
2: I think. I have been tracking uh, betting. At least last week, there was some upsets. Well, that's what I would
1: literally about to say. I've been tracking betting trends. Um, and if you placed a hundred dollars on every NRL underdog uh, according to the betting markets, every underdog, uh, you'd be up twelve hundred dollars this year after three rounds. So it yeah, just shows yeah. you how swingy it has been. You've got you know the Dolphins winning in round one, the Broncos beating the Panthers. You know it just it throws things out of whack. Um, so. Eels uh, against the Penrith Panthers. Penrith, I think teams off the bye have looked really good. I think the Dragons won in round two, Manly won in round three. Uh, I think teams coming off the bye go three for three. I'm taking the Penrith Panthers.
2: Me too. Uh, Look, it is Combank, and and they play pretty well there, the old Eels. They've got to be getting to desperation stakes, I think, to want to win one. Um, But I just think Penrith, having dropped a game, they looked actually much improved last game as well. I think that the rest will have done them well, uh, and I think
1: we'll win. Closest game of the round, this one could go either way. Uh,
2: Melbourne up against the Tigers. <laughs> yep, I'm going to give this to Melbourne. Wouldn't it be funny if they? What would happen? What would bellyache do? Oh, mate, <laughs> fuck! Would I give to be a fly on the wall if they get done by the Tigers <laughs> for three in a row? Oh, mate, oh,
1: I'm also it's going hilarious. for. The, I'm also going for the Storm. Uh, the Dolphins up against the Broncos. This one is at Suncorp. I'm going to be taking the Broncos to end the the dream start for the Dolphins.
2: Yep, same. Uh, look, the Broncos were, I said that the, the Dragons are a bogey team for them, and they mm-hmm. nearly did drop it. But I think that they'll be keyed up for this match. They want to be, you know, they want to be the big uh, Brisbane team. <laughs> you know, they're going to go and give them um, a serve, well, I reckon. One,
1: one Brisbane team is finishing this game 4-0, which, yeah. fucking weird times. Uh, the Cowboys up against the Titans. Ooh. You're the cow lover. The Cows. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I hate Holbrook. Um, but I'm gonna back a oh, fuck. I'm gonna back a Cowboys bounce back.
2: Yeah, same. I'm gonna say the Cowboys at home uh, will get the job done here against the Titans, who won last week. They're just so up and down. This one. Hopefully, they don't hook four
1: in this week. Yeah, that was weird. We didn't talk about that, but that was weird. Um, this one actually could be a really tough game to pick. You got uh, the Rabbits with like no forwards. Uh, Shaq Mitchell's out for eight weeks. Sele's uh, out, Totola's out, Liam Knight um, and Jaiara are both out, I think. Well, I know Jaiara's out. They've uh, so got no middles. Up against uh the Seagulls, it's at a core stadium. Uh, the Rabbitohs did get the job. They got, they got dusted
2: by the Roosters last week. <sighs> I'm going to go the Seagulls. I'm going to go the Buddies, actually. Oh, okay,
1: so yeah. we, we finally got one difference. Uh, The Warriors up against the Dogs. This one's at Mount
2: Smart's. This one's actually going to be a tough one because the Warriors have been very good. They have And at home, um, I want to tip the Dogs. I think that the Dogs... I don't know uh, what
1: happened last week with the Dogs. Like, they looked like they could have put 50 on us and they just put the the cue in the rack.
2: Yeah, I think that they're sort of working out their way of playing, their style, and I think maybe even the Warriors are doing that as well. I reckon this one's actually going to be a really close one. Um, But I'm going to say the Dogs, I know it's an away game, but I just think that um, if I look at them on paper, they... Probably got a team that I think should win it. They, they're going to start seeing themselves as a team that should win that.
1: Despite not being named, uh, I still expect Wade, Wade Egan to score some try out of nowhere. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. punish
2: the non-owners. I'm going
1: to take the Bulldogs here. Um, I'm not. This one's a really, really toss-up. Uh, the Knights up against the Milk. This one's at McDonald Jones. If I'm not doing anything on Sunday, I might pop down and watch this one. I'm going to go...
2: Fuck, I'll, I'll go the Milk. Yeah, look, i want to tip the milk. Um, every time I tip them, they bloody lose though. So <laughs> I want to, I want to break the cycle. I want to try to tip them and get, get them a win. Uh, look, they, they um, you know, they should have won against the Dolphins, the Raiders, and they just let it slip in. Should have won the against Raiders. the, should have won against the Cowboys if I'm gonna be honest. Should have well. won against the Cowboys and they got it done against their buddy. They, they love playing the Melbourne Storm and the Sharks, don't they? The Raiders. Um, I thought they looked pretty good. Um, last week the Raiders. So I just um want to tip them. I hope they, they, they bank the points. I just want to win. I'm looking at this draw. I hate the
1: fact that I've invested 900k into a bloke that plays the last game of the round that I can't trade to anyone if it doesn't pay off. But I'm going to stick with the Sharkies. I think the Sharkies bounce back against the Dragons. Um, the Dragons hung in there, but I just think Nico Hines is going to put on six try assists, uh, break the all-time point scoring record, and uh, yeah, it's going to propel me to the top 1k. Okay, I love it. I love all of it. Uh, <laughs> well, he,
2: you know, The Sharks have really got to start to get their season on track because they haven't been... Um, up and down, very up and you down. Know, as, yeah, a bit up and down. So I think that I'm going to tip the Sharks. One,
1: one, one, one against the Eagles when they probably shouldn't have on paper. Lost last week when they probably should have won. So um yeah, time to get some uh, some performance in there. But that is going to be the Dual Position Podcast done for round four. Ado, my friend, I will see you same time next week for round five when, fuck, let's hope we both get some green
2: arrows. Yeah, I need a green arrow. I just want a bloody green arrow. Even if it's... Two spots, I'll take it.
1: Lovely. Uh, Let me make sure I've got the rights ending screen. Um, But we'll see you on the flip side and we'll talk to you when we talk to you. Farewell. Cheers.